Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is March 20th. Spring training games are underway. So many signings, so many things to talk about. And we have a guest on with us today to help us understand some questions we're asking for this spring training. Let's talk Pirates baseball. Let's go Bucks. My name is Josh. I'm joined as always by my brother, Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey, man, not much. How's it going? It is going good, and I already hit the wrong button on the YouTube, so now we brought in our guest joining us this week from the Pirates Fan Forum on DK Sports Pittsburgh Podcast Network and Inside the Bucks Basement, our friend Gary Morgan. How you doing? Good. Nice to uh, actually meet you, Jake and Josh. Stellar performance on my show. <laughs> Happy to be with you. So we're, we're glad to have you on. We're glad to be talking baseball at this point. Uh, actual baseball games. That's very good. I know the spring training games, but, uh, you know, real baseball, not college baseball. And then I get slammed for saying college baseball is no fun. I've, I've gotten slammed already because of my reluctancy to embrace college baseball. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I, I'm not really that against it as much as I talk about it, but. All the levels are fun, but none of them are as fun without the top of the mountain being active. So. <laughs> So before let's uh, let's get into some of the transactions. We like to go through all these. Uh, there's way too many for us to go through them. Uh, some former Buckos, Philip Evans with the Yankees, Chad Cool to the Rockies, Stephen Brault to the Cubs, Colin Moran to the Reds. Reds are doing some interesting things. Corey Dickerson to the Cardinals, Wilmer Defoe just to the D-backs. I think that's all of them. But the Reds kind of dumping everyone over there. Yep. Uh, Winker and Suarez to the Mariners. Does that mean they're no longer in on Brian Reynolds? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hear a tale that everyone's in on Brian Reynolds. <laughs> well, now the some of the some of the uh, tale authors are now backing out from the Miami area. But I, I Keller me shocked. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, everyone they've got. I think four or five of their starting lineup and then pitching with I mean, Miley. They got India, Votto, Moose. Is Moose still there? Moose is still there. Yeah, still there. And uh, who's the Oh, I just said it. I just told you, Jake, who? Castillo. Well, that's the pitcher. Who's who's still in the lineup? I just. Oh. Um, Spezza? Oh, no. Senzel is still there. Senzel, Senzel. Yeah, that's that's about yeah, it, right? That's about it. Mm. Yep. So, so I, 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 they probably did better by trading Amir Garrett, though. <laughs> I mean, from minute one when they made that Bauer trade, you know, and everybody was like, "Oh, the Reds are going for it," right? Mm. Yep. I know Craig and I were like hair on fire, like, "What are they doing? Too early." Yeah, they're a year <laughs> or two too early. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we actually had India penciled kind of as the timeline, you know, for us anyways. And he came early. Well, he came a little early. Yeah. And but they if they were just ramping up like right now, perfect timing. Right. Mm -hmm. You got India. You still got um, you still got the, the pitcher, Luis Castillo. You still probably hold on to Gray. You probably hold on to Miley. Mm hmm. And you got a pretty decent team there for for a run at a pretty weak NL Central. Tucker Barnhart, 
they could have been expanded playoffs. They right? could have been in on story. I, I guess they could have, but like the point is, they went a little early. They tried a little yep. early, which is funny because we have a fan base here in Pittsburgh that is starting to cry for the same thing here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Stay the course, do it right. Yeah, and and, and take your shot. Yep. If you, t- if you swing too early, you're just going to go punch drunk. That's what happened to the Reds. I got a text from a cousin drunk. this morning that said, uh, actually, it was a, it was a tweet uh, by somebody that we talked about before, just saying, here's all these contracts that were offered. And then it had Pirates 5 million. And he said, yep. this is why I struggle to watch baseball. And I'm like, now's not the time. I, I mean, mean, it could be better than 5 million. First, first but now, in, in baseball, what's awful? Short sample size, right? Yeah. Small sample. Now you pick, you cherry picked the last two years yeah. where the pirates are absolutely in full blown rebuild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just, it's of also, course. yeah, it's the idea that it's not time to, it's not time to go get a, a big contract right now. We'll get there. Are you, you know, are you right that that's what's wrong with baseball? Absolutely. You're right. That's what's wrong with baseball. Yeah. But, but that's the way it is. I, I mean, like if this is the NFL, you know, you lose a generational quarterback and you go out and sign nine free agents and remake every other aspect of your team <laughs> mm-hmm. in right. one offseason because you can't because you get just as much money as everyone else. Yep. So that's it. Know. Most of the people complaining about the payroll were champions of the players getting everything they wanted. So you kind of can't have everything you want. I wanted it all. I wanted the <laughs> players to get everything they wanted and I'm not complaining about it. <laughs> Now, nobody break into that terrible song. Can't do it. <laughs> so, uh, I the next thing, the next sign here is uh, is a, a big one for me and probably for a lot of us Pirate fans. Andrew McCutcheon signs a one-year deal with the Brewers. How do I feel now that I've had a week to process? Probably not as bad as I felt uh, the day that it happened and the day after. It's not even about like, I know that I was saying, oh, we need to sign Andrew McCutcheon. I think it'd be a great one-year deal. We can send him off, the whole thing. We had to be willing to do that. But it's it's not that. I knew that wasn't going to happen. It's the fact that he went to the Brewers. To me, there's not a single team in the league that is worse than going to the Brewers. That, And I don't know if that's my opinion or what, but like that's it for me. And maybe the phone call where he got to tell Griffey that he was wearing 24. Now you're now you got cuts, you got Griffey, it's all in the same scene. My heartstrings are like, oh, maybe I'm gonna be okay with this. I don't know. <laughs> but does this mean anything to you guys? Like, are you able to separate your heart from your head on this one? Is there anything? I can't I I can't stand it. <laughs> it doesn't even help that he's gonna wear 24. I, I just don't like it. I'm going to, he's going to, I just don't like it. Bad taste in my mouth. I, it's going to be a cop out, but (laughs) I don't like it. Okay. But I implore people to not be petty about it because uh, first that's a great fit for Kutch. It really is. Gives him a real shot at a championship, I think. And uh, with the pitching on that team, Mm. they've got a shot. And I, I, I love Kristen Yelich, one of my favorite baseball players in the league. Uh, I like the idea of them playing together, even though I heard Kutch is pretty much going to be their DH. Yeah. I still like him in that role. 
I still like him on that team. That's a good mix for him. It's a good city for him. He loved Pittsburgh. Milwaukee's very similar. He'll like that too. Um, I would just say don't be petty about it because the reason that he is now a journeyman is because he signed a, a little extension here in Pittsburgh that gave us that last window that he mm-hmm. didn't have to do. Yeah. So I'm not going to be petty now that he has to go and pick up one-year contracts at rivals and places I don't like. I didn't like him in Philly. Anymore. I'm older than you guys, so I hate <laughs> Philly worse than most teams. But Fair enough. Yeah, that's a good point, though. If if he doesn't sign the extension with us, he gets a bigger free agent deal when his free agency comes up. Yep. And so he is going to kind of be in that in that role. I Yeah, I just when I when I told my wife Katie when I said, "Hey, he she might he might he might sign with the Brewers." She's like, "I don't think I can go to a game and be in the same stadium where Andrew McCutcheon's wearing a Brewers jersey." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I I'm also different from uh from a lot of pirate fans like Cardinals. I just respect them. I got no problem with the Cardinals. I don't care. I actually don't hate the Reds. Griffey played for the Reds. I I'm a big Sean Casey fan and he's all Reds. Even like I don't even hate Votto, to be honest with you. Like I think that his antics are funny. Cubs can get there, but the Brewers, we, I just we differ hate. there. The Brewers I'm is not a Votto fan. When I think of of the Brewers, I think of Braun and Gomez, and I just can't. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Again, I don't like it. Yeah. I just <laughs> to me, Kutch just rises above all that. Like I, I can't dislike the guy. I'm certainly not gonna sit here and say he should have stayed out of the division or anything. I, you know, I just don't think we should be petty about it because we made him that. That's all. And I sure. Just, I don't know. I just can't get around it. That said, the other thing you brought up, I don't want to say goodbye to him again either. So I'm kind of happy yeah. to come back here because it was hard enough saying goodbye the first time. Yeah, I get that. And we had that discussion, uh, you know, when the off season started, we kind of started talking about it and we were like, the only way this works is if we're willing to, because he's not ready to, to sail into the sunset yet. Right. So if, you know what I mean? So that's just not it. but And the DH will keep him floating around for a few more years. So. Yeah, that's true. So all in other, you know, potential but never going to happen and also failure to sign our dream corner outfield, Jock Peterson signed with the Giants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw so that. I guess I have to shut up about that too. <laughs> Dang it. As far as the Pirates go, um, Nick Mears, Blake Cedarland added to the 60-day DL. Eric Hanhold designated for assignment. Saw that coming. Uh, Chase DeYoung, Austin Bryce, minor league deals. Basically, those were those first three were to make room for the next three. Claimed Adonis Medina off waivers from Philadelphia. Signed Heath Hembry. Signed Dan Vogelback. So, Adonis Medina, former prospect. He's only 25. Yep. And he's only had like a, if you can even call that much of a cup of coffee in the major leagues. So the numbers are irrelevant in my opinion, when it comes to that, the major league numbers are irrelevant. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe something there. I don't know what his contract specifics are. I don't know if there's options involved or anything like that. So I don't really know where he fits in there, but, um, any He's thoughts? Worth a shot. Yeah, sure. Any thoughts on him or Heath Hembry? Heath Hembry, I like. He's got um, he's got experience that I think is important. 
on a very, very young pitching staff. Yeah. Um, you know, he's won World Series, you know, and uh, he's pitched in high leverage games. And, you know, I think we also look at his numbers and forget that's an AL East pitcher for years and years and years. You know, that, those are some lineups in the AL East that you're facing. The Blue Jays, the Tampa Bay, you know, New York. Like, he, he's getting beat up on a regular basis. Um, so those are actually pretty decent numbers for a lefty. Absent last year where he kind of fell off a little bit. So worth a shot. That's a decent signing, I think. Um, I'd like to see them pick up another nice reliever, but he's good. I'm happy with that. Yeah, 14 through 19, 240 games with Boston. 125 yeah. ERA plus. You know, I, I like the plus So statistics. this isn't a guy Ben doesn't know. True, very true. Right, right. Also, even in his 15 games with the Mets, pitched to a 345, his bad numbers that you look at are in Cincinnati, yep. <laughs> which is not surprising. Yeah, I think he's a quality part. signing. I really do. Yeah, I, I think so too. And Dan Vogel back, Jake. Where are you at here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna swing and miss a lot. I, I don't know. I, <clears throat> he is what he is. He'll hit the ball over the fence a few times. Yeah, and, and he'll he, jog around the bases. Whether he hits it over the fence or not, he'll probably just jog around the bases. <laughs> and he walks a lot. I, I thought it was interesting. I looked at the numbers, and it's like, oh yeah, he hit two nineteen last year. That's awesome. But really, if you look at like those, those kind of overarching. Uh, numbers i mean hard hit rate was as hard as it's been in his whole career but when you look at i i tend to look at it when i'm comparing one guy to the next i look at those big like statistics that cover a lot of things like war um for him it's more like offensive war which still wasn't great but when i looked at it uh in win probability added i like that statistic for whatever reason i mean he's basically in a different way the same guy that Colin Moran was his, yeah, his, maybe he won't clog the bases when he gets on. <laughs> He's actually runs faster than Moran. <laughs> oh, geez. <Yes. laughs> well, I mean, how could he not Moran? Moran ran like his shoelaces were tied together. <laughs> he was so slow, but, uh, but when probability added was the same exact as Colin Moran's, his career OPS plus is the same exact number as Moran's more power, less hit, but essentially the same production value that you're getting out of the two guys. Defensively, they look the same at first, which isn't good, uh, which was kind of upsetting to me because I was like, maybe we could put Yoshi at DH, and I'm like, oh, wait, this guy's worse. I don't think Yoshi's going to be as bad at first as you think. As you seem to think he I will. think that we remember uh, – excuse me. <clears throat> I think that we remember his right field and – and credit it to his first base. And I think we remember being told how bad he was too. I don't remember him actually playing that bad there. So I'm, I'm, I'll let him take just as much of a shot as I let Moran take. And that's a very good point you made that Vogelback is pretty much Moran because he is pretty much Moran. Um, he's pretty much Moran, except he actually has a season on the books in which the power actually came to play, which Moran can't say. Yeah. So, and and Moran had, was doing something really alarming. I felt towards the end of his career here. You know, he, he may have gotten a little better at contact, especially against lefties, 
but he did it by sacrificing almost all of his power to, for slap hits to, to left. And that's not going to help when you can't run. <laughs> yeah, so true. to me, I'd much rather him struck out 50 more times and hit 10 more home runs. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't like the, the way he was trending really. Yeah. And I mean, I know that even at the beginning of the year, Jake, you were calling for Moran to, for his power to show up. Yeah. It just felt like it didn't. It didn't. But yeah, uh, Dan, Dan Vogel back for, for fear of like offending him, which is not what I mean. I sent Jake a lot of, of gifts of Chris Farley whenever we signed him. <laughs> trying to change clothes in the airplane and saying, this is Vogelback getting ready with his Pirates shirt on on the plane <laughs> on his way to spring training. Well, and, <laughs> uh, the one where he's doing his Matt Foley thing, and I said, this is Dan Vogelback's <laughs> cardio. And <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, though. Like, If you're an intangibles guy, I like him in this locker room. I, I mean, he, he's been around a little bit. He's been around some winners. You know, Milwaukee last year, for instance. Mm-hmm. So good team for him to be on. And, and he can tell tales about that to people that are just getting started. And, um, you know, Ben Gamble, same kind of class. I feel like they're not the best players in the world. They're, they're replacement-level Major League Baseball players. But they're going to take a professional at bat. They're going to get on base. They're going to work hard when they're in the field. And they're going to be good in the clubhouse. you got to have those. So, mm-hmm. hey, I'm happy to have that. Yeah, I mean, some of the pictures that started surfacing whenever the, the signing happened, I was like, all right, this might be a lot of fun. Uh, at first, I was kind of <laughs> like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like this, he had, he's hit 200 for his career. <laughs> but then you start looking deeper into the numbers, and it's like, okay. Uh, the 30 home runs in 19, you kind of you wonder – because the the ball was was juiced in the whole deal, and he yeah, hasn't Seattle. put he hasn't put up ten in any other season, but he hasn't played, so it does make it hard. Because then, that what kind of credit do you give when you say, well, but he got consistent at bats? Things click when you get consistent at bats. We yeah. talk about that all the time. But does he look like a guy who isn't going to pull his hamstring three or four times this year? I mean, <laughs> you get what I mean, like yeah. Some guys stay healthy because they keep themselves healthy. Yeah. Reynolds plays 156 games because he treats his body like a well-oiled machine, you know. And not, again, not to offend the guy, but you know, he's a bigger dude. Yeah, you know, he's going to mm-hmm. pull some muscles and stuff. Now, maybe not playing in the field benefits him. Yeah, you know, and it's then true. he does get those at bats. Um, yeah, power potentials there, and if you're looking for a reclamation project, he's a decent pickup. Yeah, which I feel got like a good shot at a river ball this year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. I, yeah, I, I let's call it right now. Terrible signing if he doesn't have a river ball because he should. <laughs> that's it. You're totally right. <laughs> that's it. That's how. That's how we'll judge it. Since that's we're how we'll, him hop. if he ends up with four home runs and hits 189 and we cut him loose in the middle of the year. If he hit one in the river, we'll be like that was worth it. There yeah. you go. Worth a shot. If he doesn't, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> Um, yeah, it does kind of say he's going to be our DH, which eliminates the possibility of a guy like O'Neill Cruz breaking in and getting time at short time at DH using the DH as a way, which is what I initially said. The pirates are not going to get a DH. They're going to, everybody's going to be DH. And 
It doesn't look like that now, but maybe it still rotates more than what I think. I think if anybody's really impacted by this, maybe it's Michael Chavis. Yeah, I mean, it feels like uh, it feels like a lot of Pirate Nation wanted to anoint him the second baseman. You know, they wanted to just say Michael Chavis is the second baseman. Period. He's the he's the the leader in the clubhouse. I kind of went in thinking it was Tucker, and mm-hmm. I feel like Tucker has certainly done nothing early on in spring here to lose that. So I'm going to stick with Tucker there. I think Tucker's going to win out the second base job. I really do. I think his bats come along. He's making a different kind of contact this year. And you can say he's a bust if you want. If you want to judge him already, that's fine. I get it. Been around a while. But if that bat comes through, that was a number one pick. Yep. I mean, like, you're you're at least going to give him a chance to – play like a number one pick before you move them, if nothing else. So absolutely to me leader in the clubhouse is the guy who you need to move. Yeah. I, I saw they, they interviewed him after, after he was done in game one, he said he's been working really hard on his swing this off season so far, you know, very you know short sample size, but it looks like maybe, maybe he's figured something out. Hopefully he's figured something out. Cause I'm rooting for the guy. I love watching Cole Tucker play. Yeah. He's, he's just a fun to guy for. to watch. He's a guy to root for and you'd love to see him, him come through, but I mean, he's long in the tooth. I think I, I tweeted out first, first time I saw him this year. I was just like, man, it looks like he put some pounds on the trunk. Finally, his legs mm-hmm. are bigger. His ass is bigger. I mean, like he look, and he looks like he's getting it into the swing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other side of it is I've only seen him from the left side so far. So mm. I mean, he's a switch hitter, and I, I really I'd like to see how that translates to the right side because he used to look pretty disjointed, you know. And I don't want to have three more years of Neil Neil Walker. He should just be a lefty conversations. Yeah. So let's see how he is. Do they both just sides. do they end up just platooning him with Chavis and just letting Chavis hit against lefties and Tucker? I mean, you're going to have to let him hit against you know the lefties once in a while. Yeah, but with with Chavez though, if you don't give him five hundred at bats this year, what what's he here for? Yeah, That's a good it's, point. it's time to find out. I mean, it's time to find out is Michael Chavez somebody worth having on this roster or not? He like, doesn't think get... of him. Think of him as Philip Evans this year. That's what he is. Yeah, show me what you got, or that's it. He doesn't get cheated on that swing though. Nope. Oh man, <laughs> he is trying to go bridge every time. <laughs> no, he definitely is. It's crazy. Yeah, I it, he's he seems like a he seems like a fun guy too. And I know Jake's into him because because of, of the short with the power, and you know he's into that. But um, but yeah, I, I mean I'm with you there. And actually, we'll get into we'll get into that sort of thing here in a little bit. Um. But let's go ahead and talk about what we saw in those games, as we're already doing. Um, anything sticking out to you? So I know it's three games, and it's not, I don't care about wins and losses right now. I really don't. What I just care about is the things that we've seen so far, the things that we've heard. So we've already talked to Cole Tucker, because I think that that was significant enough to say. It looks a little different, and maybe maybe a little continuation of like the very small sample at the end of last year where something seemed to be clicking for Cole Tucker. Uh, but he's out. He's also had some time at short, which is interesting to me. Uh, but I, I I mean, when when Jake and I went over what we thought was, was going to Pittsburgh on opening day, 
I had kind of said it's it's Cole Tucker's second base to lose or somebody to beat him off of it. And I still think that. But I don't know. We'll we'll see how he shows up because there's just a lot of options. A lot of home runs from unsuspecting guys, a lot of wind blowing out. Right. <laughs> the Cole, well, Cole Tucker's home run. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Cole Tucker's home run and Andy Rodriguez, those things were deep. The the wind didn't really need to be on there for those, but uh, Mason Martin hit the, uh, how did the Blue Jays announcer say it? He lopped it. He lobs one to right field lobs and one, it hits yeah. the light pole on its way to the, <laughs> on its way to the parking lot. I mean, he hit it pretty, I thought he hit that ball pretty well. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, well, I'm a dress crushed that ball. Oh my gosh. It was out so fast. I, I gotta be honest, man. Like I, it's, it's probably too late really, but man, blind address. He's put in so much work. I swear to God, he's going to catch on somewhere. I I really do. I don't think it's going to be here that he's going to really get his shot, but I really think that kid's going to make it somewhere. I wondered if he wouldn't have ended up being, now's probably too late, but maybe a year or two, uh, or maybe maybe if the whole 2020 thing didn't happen, but if he would have been one of those guys that would have been given an opportunity just because they didn't have somebody, and then seeing if something could have happened with him. but Yeah, I think uh, that's fair. The 2020 thing, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, I mean, an observation I have is where's Travis Swaggerty? Uh, good question. Haven't heard his name. Not haven't, once. Haven't seen even a bullpen. Is that shoulder not right? I mean, like, yeah. and if not, I have, I if not, I have another question about why they didn't sign a corner outfielder. Because, um I kind of understood if you thought Swaggerty was right, right there. But if he's going into an injury or not quite right, boy, I don't understand it anymore. Yeah. That's I, fair, yeah. That is interesting not seeing him. We've seen Swinsky, We've seen Smith and Jigba. We've seen them all. Cal except Mitchell. Except for Cal Mitchell's been out Matt there. Matt Frazier. Matt Frazier's been out there. They've all. Allen, Alfred, Reynolds. Yep. Yeah. Gamble. Even Oliva. All of us been out there a couple times. That's Blime Madris. Blime Madris, yeah. That's... So everybody but Swaggerty. Haven't seen him. No pinch hits, nothing. And it could just be like, you know, he's working on something and doing sides, but uh, maybe tell us, you know, like maybe, maybe <laughs> let us up. know what's going on. He's supposedly a top prospect that we're supposed to be excited about. So, right. you know, maybe, maybe lift the skirt a little. Tell us what's going on. Yeah. And that's that's one of our guys. I mean, that we're, we're saying, like, dude, this guy needs to get there. I think he's the only guy right now who gets Brian Reynolds back in left field. Yeah, I don't think anybody's getting him back in left field. You now. don't think? Don't Swaggerty's either. so good. It doesn't matter. You want to know why? Because he wants to play center. Because he wants center field. That's a good point. Same reason Marte didn't move Kutch yep. initially. Yep. Yeah. Unless it becomes so painfully obvious that he's not capable, but he damn near won a Gold Glove last year. Oh, I mean, I, mm-hmm. he's certainly capable. So, am I going to move him because some guy might be marginally better that is that isn't guaranteed to play anywhere near as much as him, mind you? Right. Right. I ain't moving him. Sorry. Yeah. Three years down the road, Brian's getting a little slower. Swags is still fast. Okay. <laughs> but really, playing Swaggerty in left field is still valuable at PNC Park. Yeah, we have two center fields. Right. So Nick Gonzalez is another one. 
Guy just hits. Yeah, he hits. He does his thing. I, I mean, seems to be a pretty much a no doubt prospect to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he. There's just I nothing. Expect him to move pretty quick. And and we were talking about this a little bit before me and Jake. Defensively, I'm not seeing a lot of the questions that were about his defense. I feel like his defense looks solid. Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen a lot of questions about his defense. Um, but you maybe, know, when a guy's when... drafted and they say he's never going to be a shortstop, he'll he'll be he'll be serviceable at second base, and it's like, oh, okay, so he's you know you kind of read into that to say he's a hit first guy. Gonna, I think he's going to be a hell of a second baseman, but I think that's because he's probably going to add more bulk. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll lose a little bit of his springiness. So yeah, he's probably not long term shortstop. Um, he can play it though. So so could Cabrian Hayes. Yeah, he could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's could, always a so, big thing. <laughs> so could Triolo, right? Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Second base is probably his landing spot, though. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I've heard he could play outfield. So I mean, they think he could play outfield. He's got he's athletic enough to play out there. Yeah, he's made a he's made an appearance in center field. A couple appearances in center field in the. Uh, mm-hmm. The fall league right so i mean position versatility is a ben charrington trademark so i don't know that we need to worry about it it's really is the bat gonna hit yes ben, yeah they'll find a place for him that seems yeah. to be mm-hmm. a no doubter at this point yeah and you just hope the defense comes together i think they you know, are certainly it, better options at shortstop than him though yeah he just doesn't panic he gets down two strikes it's just fine whatever I'll just serve yeah. this ball in the center field, just lob it in every, you know what I mean? He's just yeah, professional impressive. approach. Impressive for his age. He still strikes out a bit much for me. And I need to see the power in Altoona because I just don't trust Greensboro power. So we'll see. That wall is so short and right. So, so short. And he hits so many oppos there. I just, and he didn't hit a lot away from Greensboro. So mm. let's see what he does in Altoona. And, even without the power, I still like the bat. But let's see the power before we start stroking ourselves about how great he is, you know. And hope he doesn't move to Indy too soon because it's hard to hit home runs in Indy. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not you going to see the power there. There you just count the doubles like you did with Hayes. And That's it. Translate. And then That's it all. translates. Yeah. Outside of Pedro Alvarez, some of the some of the numbers that you see there, you're like, there's no power though. And then they come up and they're right. hitting bombs, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, so on the pitching side, I was really impressed by Kyle Nicholas, who we got in the Stallings trade. I thought he looked really good and yeah. maybe further along than I initially had thought, too. Yeah, Kyle Nicholas looked a little more evolved than I thought he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had heard control was his big bugaboo. And I saw a little bit of that. I'm not going to lie, some of it. Uh, he did look like he was struggling to place the fastball a little bit, but... I was pretty impressed with the command on his off-speed stuff and really the the maturity of some of the pitches. They mm-hmm. were well-shaped. You didn't look like you were seeing like uh, different verticals on, on his curveball. He, he knew what he was doing with it. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty interesting pickup there, and I don't think a lot of people really realized that that was actually the piece out of that deal, but um, that's technically what he was supposed to be, the oh, piece yeah. out of that deal. Um, the other two are nice if they happens. Right. But, well, I think um, with Thompson, you get a more like right now option, and the outfielder I think is a 
is a wishing yeah. well situation. Thompson's, Thompson's also an older guy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's for right now. But he's also a guy you're not going to be afraid to move on from in a couple of years because he's not in your age group. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's not going to block anybody either. And Kyle Nicholas could be the guy that replaces him, oddly enough. So I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good pickup for real. I, I like I like him. As painful and foolish as I think the Stallings trade was, I like the return. I really do. So mm. we're gonna get into catching yeah, too. A guy that stuck out to me so far, pitching wise, is that is Ikoff. He was efficient. <laughs> yeah. Is there an MLB where 91 is fast enough outside of like yeah. a few very You can locate it. That's like fine. Well, you got like Granky and Kyle Hendricks and well, who yeah. else is there out there? Like Greg, Greg Maddox used to be there. Yeah, that was a different day, though. Yeah. They're not calling strikes on a vertical like that anymore. <laughs> well, I, I, think it's, um, I think it's interesting for him, too, because. He doesn't have a clear picture. He doesn't have a clear shot at anything with him being off the off the 40 man being an invite. I just don't I think it's a hard he's gonna make a case. He he went at it, but I think he's gonna be starting in the minors, if only because uh he was an emergency debt signing. That's what he'll remain. I think he'll teach some some kids in AAA a few things mm-hmm. and uh he'll come up here at some point just like Chase Young did last year mm. and take a role pitch probably after the deadline when they move Quintana or something along those lines. And uh, there he'll be, you know, yeah. well, Quintana has gone around the deadline, whether he, that's a good point. It's traded or stinks, right? They're going to, yeah. they'll, they'll move on from him one way or another. Right. Um, so I'm not really worried about that, but I a nice insurance policy down there. I don't think he's going to threaten making this team. But who knows? Maybe in the bullpen. That's what I was thinking. You could bring him in. He's going to throw you strikes. Yeah, that was the thing, too. I didn't, yeah. I didn't consider starting, really, but. I I didn't even think about him as a starter, to be honest. That's what he's been. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I mean, I figure they're probably going to stretch it into pretending he's one of the options there. So we'll see. Everybody's an option. Until they aren't. Well, I mean, if you, if you can get people out in three pitches or less, and you can actually pitch seven innings. That's true. Right. So, uh, speaking of pitching, you have anything on that Dewey Robinson conversation? Because there were some things anything. that kind of stuck out to me. I'm not going to do anything better than uh, what Alex Stump did in his piece about him. But uh, that interview... If that didn't strike you as a Pirates fan about things are a little different in this development system, yes, and you're not paying attention. And you know, I'm I'm not a reporter, but written a lot about that development system and the things that they brought in that weren't there before. They have really, really, really remade this development system from the bottom up and when we talk about like a complete tear it down to the studs rebuild, everyone's always thinking about the players only. Think about tearing down the foundation too, because that's what they did. And they rebuilt this whole thing. Dewey Robinson is kind of the whipped cream on the Sunday. Mm. And that guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> and if he's impressed by what you've built, coming from where he came from, doing yes. what he's done, yeah. I, I'm 
that was encouraging to hear. That was really yeah. encouraging to hear. A couple of the things, uh, a couple of things that he said, and I know like this is this is just me kind of backing up all the things that we talk about that everybody says that we're, you know, blind and and whatnot. But he says we got some good young players. We're gonna be good, and it's gonna come quick. And the other thing he said is, if a player can't get better here, he can't get better anywhere. It's just yep. to what you're talking about. It's all there. And which is why he said he came to Pittsburgh to begin with, because he said they had all this stuff in place. And now all we have to do is get it right. And he was talking, he was talking just from facility wise and personnel wise. And that right. to me makes a big difference when, you know, we start saying, Hey, you know, Sherrington's coming in. We understand he's got this plan and all these things are going to go well. But then until you really see it, you're just kind of crossing your fingers. I think something like this is, is, is enough of a sign to say, Oh, this, this is, this is enough to say this is happening. Not just we're hoping, but this is a good sign to say that what we've uh, we've been hoping for, and this is just the pitching side, uh, you know, that he's speaking to, but I mean, it's the whole thing. I also like that he's an old school guy and he's just like, bring on all the new technology. Let's go. Right. <laughs> yeah. He didn't let it, he didn't let it get in his way. You know, he didn't, uh, decide what we did back then was, was good enough, but he remembers it. Yeah. So I think what happens with a lot of these younger guys that have been brought up with analytics, like to be blunt, Oscar Marin is, is, is exactly that guy. He's an analytics based coach and that's what he was brought up in. I think sometimes those guys lack that other side of things where they've actually seen how the analytics apply and they actually understand why the analytics are important because they've lived them, you know? So, mm-hmm. It's just a missing piece of the puzzle that not all organizations get right. Mm-hmm. Dewey Robinson is that missing link. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he knows both and he, he's actively coached both. So if he gets what you're doing, you're doing something right. And for some reason, we never believe the players because the players have been telling us that all this talent's coming for a while. Yeah. And the players have been telling us they like what, what they're being taught for a while. And the players that leave have been telling us that they liked what they were doing there. And <laughs> yeah. So, you know, at some point the, the, the sky is blue. Be done with it. <laughs> the, they've remade mm-hmm. the development system. Now we're going to hopefully get to taste some of the fruit here this year. Absolutely. And I, th- yeah, one, one of, <laughs> one of which Ronzi Contreras came in throwing absolute heat today. Hmm. That looked yeah. good. Walks the first guy. You're like, okay, settle down. Oh, he was done before you finished saying settle down. <laughs> 13 <laughs> pitches after walking the first guy. I think he threw seven pitches to the first guy. Yep. What'd you think of that, Jack? I didn't get to watch it, but you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting here and I was looking at some of the stuff and I'm like, I, I, this is nice. This is, it's a breath of fresh air. He's been lights out. Since yeah. he came, man. Yeah. It's uh man, it makes you wonder what the Yankees were thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like sincerely. Like I I know you gotta give to get. I know you gotta give to get. But man, I'm not giving that kid alone for Jameson Tyon. 
Right. Just he didn't get that much better over an off season, and the Yankees had no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no way that they didn't know this talent was there. Right. That's, it's crazy. And I'm not done with Yohore yet. No, I'm, I mean, you know what I mean. Yohore has got a great chance to be a really solid pitcher. I I still think he has the most developed off speed stuff in the system. Period. Mm. So absolutely, I, I love the kid. Um, but you know he's close to the majors. He's you know running into like rule five trouble in New York. They didn't want to give him a spot, and you know they didn't have time for a youngster in their rotation right then. And still a little bit of project. Pirates could afford that. So, okay, that makes sense. Throw him in on a deal for Tyon. Mm-hmm. But Rowanzi Contreras? Yeah. Really? <laughs> you didn't recognize like that, that kid could almost hit triple digits? Like, <laughs> yeah. Did he learn that in an offseason? Really? Did he really learn that in an offseason? So, hey, kudos to the Pirates scouts for identifying him. Yeah. Kudos for the Yankee scouts being blind or not giving a crap because they know they'll buy pitching later. Anyway. That's right. They don't. That's the big thing. They just. It just doesn't matter. They can go get it when they need it. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out they need it. Wouldn't he be nice in their system right now? <laughs> yeah. Yankees yeah. going to be the fourth no. best team in the AL East this he, year. He wouldn't be nice there. <laughs> He's nice here. <laughs> So uh, we're actually not going to take a break. We're just going to keep rolling because that rolls right into uh, that rolls right into the questions that that we need answered, and that's the first part of it is starting pitching. There's a lot of par starting pitching options on this roster, and I just how do you how do you find ways to get a look at all these guys to see who can separate themselves from the pack? I'm assuming uh, Brubaker and Quintana probably seem to be locks for the rotation. I would imagine. I don't. I don't see. And I mean, barring injuries, I would think that they would get their shots. Keller probably. Keller's a lock too. I feel like Keller's it has to be. Okay, so you're both on Keller being a lock, and then you have Crow, Cranick, Peters, Thompson, Wilson, maybe Medina that just came in, and then. Throw in Yohore and Contreras. I mean, there's just a lot of guys. I wonder, I know that it was said before that, you know, we're looking to maybe add another one. Yeah, I, I, think, I, that, I think that other one might have been Chase DeYoung. Oh, jeez. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, I don't see where there's an option to get another one because I want to see, huh? I've been saying that for months. Yeah, because I want to see these guys and see who can actually break apart from all of this. And I, I just I, I don't see it. But to me, if you bring somebody in, if you want to take a salary dump from the A's, they're trying to get rid of two good starters. You want to take one of them and I know he's gonna be my number one or number two starter, have at it. I'll take that. That's good. We need yeah. that. Yeah. And we'd have that control for a while. That's great. Bring it in. I take that. Don't bring in another number five. Right. Don't bring in somebody else to compete in the bottom. I don't need it. We don't need it. I think what you said is dead on. It's going to be Quintana if he stays healthy. And Brubaker, Wilson, Keller, probably Thompson. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's what Thompson was brought in here for. Again, why'd you get him if he's not going to start? I mean, that's what you brought him in for. And he's arguably got the best 
major league numbers out of any any of those people we named. <laughs> yeah. So he's most likely going to be a starter as well. Now, if you want to get cute and say they're going to have piggybacks and stuff, then whatever. Mm-hmm. To me, Will Crow is a perfect candidate to wind up in the bullpen. He he has a lot of pitches, and I like a lot of what he did last year. I'd like to see what he could do with going all at it for a couple innings instead of mm. trying to stretch himself out. Maybe cut a couple think, of those pitches out. I think he'd find some more velocity. I think he could get rid of some problematic pitches for him. That's a good so, point. And he's a good bullpen guy. Max Kranich could be a good bullpen guy. Yeah. Let's not forget, too, Triple A needs pitching, too. Right. So, you know, we already talked about Ikoff, right? I mean, like, you know, he's probably going to be a rotation guy. Cam View is down mm-hmm. there. Um, but you're going to need Max Kranich, and Will Crow could go down there. He could start in the bullpen. I think there's a lot of options there. If the, yeah, if they were going to, if they Dylan were going Peters. to try, we didn't talk about Dylan Peters. I, I was just about ready to bring him up. <laughs> we were, uh, <laughs> but Will Crow, that would be a way to to send him to AAA. Is if they were going to to make a move to the bullpen to try to to get rid of a couple of those pitches and go all out on that. I think that's good. I kind of felt uh, felt like last year. I mean, he made more starts than anybody else. Only Brubaker had more innings than him. And so it was kind of like, well, his value might just be in eating innings, but I hadn't really considered that, you know, moving to the bullpen would be good. So that is good. Uh, Dylan Peters and Bryce Wilson, though, neither one, and like I said, this is one outing, but neither one really looked sharp. But, and I kind of really missed on Dylan Peters. Uh, Jake, I was telling you about this. I, I kind of had him as a bullpen guy the whole time, and he didn't. He did. Only, he only started for the Pirates last year in his six yeah. games, and so I don't know really where I was at with, with my thinking. But I, I kind of missed that. But um, so yeah, I think your thinking's right, just from what we just the little exercise we just did making the rotation. Yeah. Where's he fit? Yeah. Where's he fit? I mean, like Quintana's the lefty. Right. So it's not like you it's not like you have to force a lefty in. Right. Right. I to me, I like Dylan Peters and I actually today I don't know, I, I think even that home run was a good pitch. It was down and in and yeah, the guy O'Neill cruised it. And oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> every but every once in a while that's gonna happen to you. Other than that, he was the same Dylan Peters we saw last year. Pounded the strike zone, sneaky good stuff, deceptive delivery. Um, he's one of those guys that I, I bet everybody in the league thinks they're going to crush and for some reason can't pick him up. And, you know, they, guys like that, they can have careers too. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't have to be a number one pick to, to make a rotation, but I just don't, I don't think he's got the numbers in his favor really just for what we just talked about. Now injuries happen, sure, um, but I don't think you're paying Quintana $2 million to be in the bullpen. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, that sounds ridiculous because $2 million is a fine <laughs> bullpen salary, but <laughs> but you're right here. You're not. Well, I don't think that you're moving Quintana the bullpen because that doesn't help increase trade value. It doesn't help Quintana either Mm-mm. because he wouldn't be here if he wasn't going to get a shot at the rotation. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he got, he got bumped to the bullpen last year in Anaheim, didn't he? A couple different times in yeah. his career he's been bumped yeah. to the bullpen. That said, who the hell knows what Anaheim's doing with pitching? 
Seriously. The only reason right. that, that that's Dylan Shoei Peters Otani too. is good is because Shohei Otani is that good that he yeah. just overcomes whatever they do to pitchers out there. That's Dylan Peters too. Yeah. Chris Stratton. Chris Stratton. So hmm. next uh, we'll stay in the battery here. Is catching the most important need right now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It has been. I just Absolutely. hear a lot about pitching. And well, I'm like, I'm fine the, with you, the pitching right now. Did you watch well, those Michael Perez at bats in the first game? I mean, he might have looked worse than last year. No, you can't. <laughs> he hit 143 last year. He might have looked worse mm. in that first game of spring than he did all of last year. He was swinging at fastballs like they were curveballs. I don't even know what he was doing. I don't know. Something has to happen. You can't go in. uh, It's bad. I I don't like the situation at all. I've, you know, I've written about it. I've talked about it. I've read about it. It, It's derelict of duty to go into a season with an oft injured Albeit very quality catching, you know, starter. I, you can't do it. You now, just can't do it. Now, most of his injuries have been the last couple of years. Is that that seems that's most of yeah. his most of his early years of not playing a lot of games was because Jan Gomes, the offensive catcher, was in front of him, and Perez was basically catching all the guys when Cy Youngs. <laughs> that's true. So. If, if there's if, one thing you get a recency bias on, though, it's injury. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Stallings played in 112 games last year, I think. Yep. So. That still leaves 50-some games that they've covered by a spot. <laughs> exactly. Right. And, and what number uh, for Roberto Perez, if you're saying let's keep you healthy, I mean, over under 90. What do you got? I'd say right around 90. <laughs> I'd say if, if you got if you if if Ben Charrington isn't waking up with night sweats about his catching position, he is thinking to himself, Roberto Perez is good for ninety games. I'll put it that way. Yeah, he's got to be scouring. He's like me, thinking about it constantly. He's he's expecting seventy five. I they yeah. have got to do something about it. Taylor Davis is not good enough. No. I, I I admittedly don't know very much about Richie beyond reading his stats. Yeah, I'm saying. Um, I I guess if he can competently handle a pitching staff, okay, Michael Perez can do that part too. Um, but that's just a hole, period, and I hate it. So I'd do something about it, but I don't think they're going to. That's well, and so that's a, a fear of mine, but also. If I mean, there's nobody uh, uh, free agent available. There's nothing there that's any different from what we have right now. You'd have to trade for somebody like Kelly from Arizona. So then the next question, and I mean, Jake, are you trading anyone away for 2022 roster? Or do you just say this is it is what it is. One of these guys is catching. Or do you say, no, that's not good enough? I mean, I'm in the boat where it's just not good enough. You know, I think we're all on the same page there. But I, Josh and I have had this debate at one point. So, Gary, I'm going to ask you, if you had to choose between Taylor Davis and Michael Perez, who would you choose? Taylor Davis, at least he's different. Absolutely. That was, and that's that your point. And, 
that 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 was exactly it's not because he's that much better it's just because it's not michael perez period yeah, i'm that i'm that down on him and the mechanics are that bad yeah. i just i don't see it and uh the defense is good but it's not good enough for me to just be like okay you can uh just sit back there and be all right i mean and this isn't like gonna this isn't like oh if we don't get a catcher no championship i get that mm-hmm. this is right. about like you've got a lot of young developing pitchers give them somebody competent to throw to somebody that's done this before somebody that knows how to handle a pitching staff roberto perez checks all of those boxes yep I would have slapped my sister in front of my mom to have them sign him as a backup to Jacob Stallings, mm-hmm. yeah. not as my starter. Right. That's all. Get yeah. me somebody else competent before we end up in Fort McHenry territory, because this smells a lot like Rob Barajas season <laughs> and they got to do something. You just, you can't go into a season like this. There's just too much riding on the pitchers actually developing. I mean, do you think they may? I mean, and, and I know this isn't a, a great trade piece, but O'Neill Cruz is probably, I mean, he's going to be up this year. So, do you think they're going to trade like Newman to make room for Cruz and get a catcher that's, that's not bad? I think they could. Sure. I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think like you have, uh, they have a glut of pl- players that can play there. And like Diego Castillo could step in and play there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Hoy Park could step in and play Cole there. Cole Tucker. Cole Tucker could be, I mean, any number of things they could do already. So I'm not worried about when Cruz comes up. Hell, I don't even know if, I don't even know if you want him playing shortstop in the major leagues, you know, and I, I just don't think that anybody knows that yet, but they're still yeah. working on his footwork. And they just said in the booth the other day, he really wants to be a shortstop. Well, that's not what you say when, when somebody's asking, is he a shortstop? And you're the head of development where you say he really wants to play shortstop. You can say he really wants to improve. I get that. Yeah. But you're specifically telling me that he really wants to play shortstop. Okay. You're telling me about all I need to know. So how long do we keep letting this be the carrot dangled in front of this kid? And you you hear all the things about if he plays shortstop, he's staying engaged and there's some possible maturity issues or something like that. And I'm like, I don't really know if that plays in as much, but that's like saying compared to moving him to right field or something like that. Yeah. Like Tatis stinks as a shortstop. <laughs> yeah. No, he's really good at getting to the ball, but he can't throw worth a damn. Well, that's O'Neill Cruz's problem. He's yeah. got a cannon of an arm. He can't throw worth a damn. He fielded two balls. <laughs> he fielded two balls the other day. And the first one he threw to Key Bryant at third. And the second one it was an underhand flip to second. And I was like, we still didn't see the arm. <laughs> yeah. He's got a candidate of an arm. It's incredible. Yeah. It is. And it's fun to watch. And, and it's crazy watching him get the balls. You don't even know how his body works like that. It's like watching a cat jump off a table. You're like, how did they bend like that? <laughs> well, when you when you watch O'Neill Cruz go down for a ball, it's the same kind of thing. Like all this sh- stuff starts folding up, and he, he somehow gets there, and you know he gets up and spring right across the field, and wow! But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think that sure where it's going. That awkwardness because of him being so tall. I wonder if that's. I mean, I, I know for me, it's always like he can't play short and that's what everybody says like when you watch him just field a ground ball you're like that's not gonna work and it, yet you watch him field all of them and they all don't like yeah. it's gonna work but they all 
so far are, you know what I mean? For the most part are working, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the throwing accuracy. It's the big thing. But so he's slick though. I mean, he is yeah. a slick fielder. It's it's cool watching it. <laughs> I want it to, to work just because of the freak show that it is. Like not, you know, that's that's a poor choice of words because that makes it sound like it's not worthy of it. But just because <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm saying? Just because it's like, no, we have a six foot seven shortstop. That's nuts. Right. I mean, again, I think he can play there. Um, I just think that long term, he's probably going to have to move. So I'd personally quit messing with it, but if you need to like have him make the majors first as a shortstop and then slowly start working him into the outfield where you can closely maintain his attitude and make sure he's okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do what you got to do. Right. No matter what, we want that bat in the lineup. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to be down for more than a month before they decide to bring him up. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I there's just so much and so much involved there that it just uh I don't know. You get the DH, you kind of think there's some things opening up because then you never have to technically move him off a short. <laughs> but I mean, Jake brought up last week, some people can't some people can't DH cuz it takes him out of the game. He's got an 80 toll arm. Yeah, that's true too. It's really hard to like tell him you want him on the bench. Yeah. Can you imagine that throwing from the Clemente wall? Well, oh, that'd be great. Well, think about that. Like, that's why it's so sexy to have him in the field. Mm-hmm. He can harness that arm. Yeah. Yeah. You well, the that. other thing is, is like, who's there? I mean, like, I know where there's a bunch of other people who can, but like, I feel like somebody's got to be a no doubt shortstop saying, dude, you're going to write because of this guy. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's Piguero. Yeah. It's not this year. It's no. Well, no. I'll I'll tell you what, though. It could be Kevin Newman. Yeah. Really? It could be. People love to write him off. I know. Written him off for years and years and years. But uh, because he hit 300 as not a great shortstop. And then all of a sudden he's a great shortstop who can't hit. No, he learned. He learned the short side. The thing is, though, that 300 season, his metrics didn't change. He was doing the same thing in 2019 that he was doing in 2021. Yeah, just got better results. Yep. I mean, look at his look at his uh, launch angle. He's one of the only players you'll see that has a negative launch. Angle. <laughs> it's right. true. Yeah. And um, if he fixes that and he makes better contact, you're not going to move a Gold Glove shortstop out of the way for somebody that's not going to play gold st- gold glove shortstop. Right. If you can get that bat in the lineup. I mean, that's led all. the major leagues in most defensive categories in that race and was dead last in offensive categories. And it's just right. such a difference. I, I think I saw like, oh, yeah, well, he was second in a couple things to Jacob Stallings. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, great. Way to rub that one in. <laughs> point is like you know he's gonna get the nod i think to start at shortstop and he's got mm. every opportunity to make himself valuable yeah um, this team doesn't have a leadoff hitter he can do that if he if he can get his oba where it needs to be that's right and you know that's on him yep. he's the number one pick too act like it so with that yeah so with that said Derek shelton told the the reporters the pirates are leading the league in opportunities this spring 
And I just want to hear from you guys, are we buying this or are we selling this in a way that like, not speaking from a talent perspective, but who controls who gets playing time at this point? Is it Sherrington? I want to see these players. Is it Sherrington? I want that value in play here. Like we talked about Quintana and like you just said about Newman or is Shelton going out there and setting the best lineup to win every day? Uh, or is that more of a, hey, this is 2022, we have to do these things in order to make 23, 24, 25 better? Uh, what kind of opportunities are we seeing? Jake, you buy or sell that? It's it's difficult for me. You have 18 games. If you're talking about opportunities in spring training for people to show, hey, you know, I'm your guy or you know, whatever, step up, whatever. It's 18 games. It's too short of a sample. I I don't think I think they have a pretty good idea who's starting opening day. I think they have a pretty good idea of who their 26 man roster is. There may be, you know, they may be teetering on 25, 26 man. You know what I mean? Like, but they've got at least 24 pretty much nailed down. That 20 and one of those 25, 26 is going to be who the heck is going to be our backup catcher. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I mean, it, okay. So I guess I guess I'm kind of I'm kind of selling. I I'm selling it if you're just talking about spring. Yeah, but the options through the organizations are there's a lot. We don't know what the roster size is going to be for the first month of the season yet. So touche. Um, it's a little premature to start guessing that they know the plan when they don't even know the roster size yet. That's but, fair. Uh, like, if there's uh, 30, like there was in uh, 2020, which they've discussed because of the shortened spring. Feeling, oh, I got you. Um, then, you you know, it'd be pretty hard to convince the fans that there's 29 better players than O'Neill Cruz. You know? Um, yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be hard with 26. That said, let's be honest. Who the hell is watching the Pirates right now that isn't painfully aware why Ono Cruz isn't going to come up? If you're right. watching at this point, you're paying attention. You know what you know what's mm-hmm. going on. You know, so you're basically left with the people that are bitching about manipulation versus the people that understand why manipulation happens. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. And and that and uh, you know, to be blunt, that home run he hit the other day, while it's exciting, it's the same one he hit at the end of the last yeah. season. Well, you don't want him swinging at that ball. <laughs> you don't. You don't want him to swing at that ball. That's a terrible habit to get into in the major leagues, and he knows that. He said yeah. it himself. I don't even know how I hit that ball. He literally said it after the game. So <laughs> let's also not pretend like he doesn't have some learning to do. Oh yeah. You know, I, I actually think he is somebody that really rightly should play a little bit of AAA. So who am I to say that he should start opening day? Ah. I mean, it's it's a month. If he had played three months in Indianapolis last year, okay, you'd have mm-hmm. me dead to rights on manipulation. And I'm also not going to argue with you that he's a better player than Kevin Newman long term. I won't. He probably is. But it's not a problem if they wanted to play in AAA a little bit. And Ruanzi, man, you want to be careful with that kid. You want to be careful. He had elbow problems last year. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. And, and you're not going to go into like just asking this kid to eat 109 innings. It's not going to happen. 
So I don't know. Manipulation or smart? You you tell me. There's a reason it's done. It's because they can get away with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you buying or selling? Selling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, here's the selling other thing. Selling and making excuses. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, are we convinced that nobody who is on the team, on the 22 team, maybe just just say like to start the year, aside from Hayes and Reynolds, are in the plan for say 24? Do you, I mean, do you see an entirely different squad between young players moving up, free agents, trade pieces filling in? Uh, you know, do you see? Anyone on this roster who will get more opportunities to play, even if he doesn't give them the chance to win right now? Um, I mean, I, I see a, a, a good, easy 10 to 14 player turnover from this year to next year. I, I have a little bit easier time seeing into next year. You know, sure. you start talking about 24, I'm like, I don't know, did Tucker hit? You know, like there's, there's things like that. Tucker hits. Okay, we're having a different conversation. I'm sorry. He's he's somewhere, right? <laughs> if he starts to hit, they've got more control of him than Kevin Newman. So, how do you, you know, fit Tucker in? The game. How do you fit Tucker in if you're looking at if you're thinking 24? I know, what did I like say you about just the said. Bats? What did I say about <laughs> the bats? If the bats do what, then what do they do? They play. Yeah, they, he'll play outfield then. Yeah, that's true. Maybe mm-hmm. he'll DH. Maybe he'll he's around. a better. Maybe he's a better fielder. So he's. He yeah, I mean, fielding. he's certainly if he if he's hitting. Yeah, it's possible hitting. he's shortstop long term. It's hitting. You don't know what he is. Right. If it's hitting, you want his bat in the lineup. So it doesn't matter. You could see. You could see O'Neill Cruz moving his way to right field, and Tucker at short, Gonzalez at second, and you'd be fine with that. You could see conceivably. By 24, you want to get crazy about it? In 24, you could see O'Neill Cruz, who could play third base too, mm-hmm. uh, taking over third base for Cabrian Hayes, who's traded for that stud pitcher you need. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. It's true. And you don't know what's coming. I don't like that so, one, but yeah. <laughs> no, but you don't like it right now. <laughs> right, right, right. You don't like it right now, but by then, he may not be like, Oh, he's our only shot at a star like he is right now. Sure. Because he's not. Even right. this year, he's going to get outshined. O'Neill Cruz is going to steal his luster, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and even if if Hayes is the best version of himself, you know, it, he's still had one bad season, right? And, the, and it'll be next year he's got to prove it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then people by next year, everybody will be complaining that he's about to get traded because he's not going to extend here, right? Right. I mean, I'm just, I'm all I'm saying is I'm being realistic. You don't even know who's going to be playing third base in 2024. No. That's how, that's how much things change. Right. Mm-hmm. But I expect a big turnover after this year. Yes. 10 to 14, probably. So. Yeah. It's going to change a lot. And that's, yeah. Because if, if Kevin Newman doesn't hit this year, yeah, he's they're not taking him to art. Nope. nope. Not mm-hmm. going to happen. <laughs> so, nope. I mean, like, well, you can especially worry about a trade, not. But you can worry about a trade, but right. take that out of the equation. If he doesn't hit, he's gone after this year anyway. Right. One way mm-hmm. or another. Well, and I mean, I would say, yeah, unless he, yeah, I don't know. Unless he, he hits, hits yeah, you're right. That's right. If he hits, then he, then you want him as your second baseman, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. 
So, or you want him as your shortstop for Nick Gonzalez, or you want right. Leo over Pagaro there, and you want to put Kevin Newman in the outfield where he's played. Yeah, or he can play third base and be a bench bat. There's there's mm -hmm. so many things you could do. We don't know the combinations until we really understand how Tucker and Newman shake out. I have a hard time with if Kevin Newman continues to play short the way that he's playing. If I I say if he's in the lineup, he's a short. I just don't see another player defensively. If he's hitting and he's on the team, uh, for my money, he's a short, and and I'll figure everything else out. If he continues yeah. to play at the level that he did last year, I just can't see w why that would be. Why I don't think he has thing, a defensive but... rival. No, mm -mm. and I would I can't even call Pagaro that because Pagaro struggled defensively. That's yep. I will, Again, I will caution people that much like the short fence in Greensboro, they might as well be playing in a cow pasture. Mm. So it's it's not the greatest field for infielders, which should make Jared uh, Triolo that much more impressive. Yeah. <clears throat> and once again, uh, you know, say that Nick Gonzalez isn't doing that bad. I still don't. You know, I, I just think that I'm not worried about. I was worried about him defensively at that point, but that's just it's non-existent at this point. Like I'm not worried about it. Yeah, right. Not either. So worked with Jack Wilson a lot. So but they they seem to figure some things out. But he's Can't happy as there. a second baseman. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I just and I get excited when I think about it. I know it's not all, it's not said and done, but I get excited about it. Um. That's that's the fun of this though. Yeah. This this is the mm -hmm. part that like, you know, people want to want to dwell on on the bad side of, of the rebuild and how and how terrible it is bottoming out. And it sucks. I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's been fun watching it. And and bracing yourself for it's not fun either. I mean, and anybody that's lost a grandparent knows that. You know grandma's going, but it doesn't make it any more fun. Yep. You know I mean, so it, it sucks to watch. It does, but this is the fun part. This is the fun part, and it starts this year. This is when you start to get to see these kids come up. This is when you get to start thinking seriously about what happens in 2023. Right. And think of the little variations there. Like, we were just talking about Tucker and Newman. What if Tucker hits? Right. Oh, man, what does that do? Because there's people in this town that have already cast him aside. He's done. Mm -hmm. Right? And people have thrown Newman out with the bathwater a long time ago. So, boy, what if one of them hits? Oh man, what if Allen's good? Oh my God, if Allen's yeah. good, if Allen's good, oh my God, we don't need to worry about that corner outfielder we've been crying about, do we? Think about how how little things like that. Right. Just, like Vogelback is signed for next year, technically. We have they have an option right. they can pick up on him. So, say he comes out and hits 29, 30 home runs, man. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, if one okay. of them doesn't go in the river, I don't care. <laughs> right. I've already it's said like, that. It was a terrible signing if it doesn't go in the river. I get that. But, like, seriously, what does that do? Oh, man, that changes things. And yeah. all of a sudden, this cast off. Yep. Now we've got a guy that, like, is for sure coming back next year. We know he's got pop. He can hang first base for a while. Mason Martin's another year closer. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if he's this stuff he's been working on, point. yeah, if his stuff he's been working on changes yeah. swing decisions and things, and it seems like 
Why wouldn't it, right? And but he can come up, and then he's got Vogelbach there for the first half of the season before he's gently moved off to his next destination. Mm-hmm. And you've got Mason Martin there to pick up the pieces. That's if he hits. Yeah. And that's how amazing this, this stuff is, and how right. little changes make such big differences. If if Rich if Thompson is something, right? Oh man, you got like a nice piece there, right? What if Keller figured it out? Ah. Uh. If Keller figured we're not it out, worried he, about the we're not worried about the line drive off the leg, right? Just just no. a bruise. Just a bruise. We're not worried about this. Okay. If Keller figured it out, man. Yeah. Your ace. Yeah, because There's that's that's where he's. I mean, that's what we've been waiting for, and and we never got to see happen with a guy like Glass now, which I would uh, made my case on him anyway. But I'll go this far: if Keller figures it out this year and shows it, and they bring up Rowanzi. Don't be surprised if they don't buy big this offseason. Yeah. This see this offseason. If you have Keller, who's only got three years left. Okay. And Rwanzi both going this year. And you know they're coming back next year as a big one two punch in your don't be surprised if they don't buy next year. Mm. Because the pitching will tell the story of when this rebuild is ready to move. Oh if yeah. The pitching is there. Oh, yeah. If the pitching's there, even if early. Even if it's just from Keller and Rwanzi and say Wilson and Thompson together make one or Brubaker figures something out. Don't be surprised if they don't go buy somebody who's traditionally been an ace and and really fill that out and go for it. Mm. Does that they speed up kids does that out. speed up Nick Gonzalez then? I bet it speeds up Davis, Gonzalez. Yeah. Davis, so yeah. Just don't yeah. be shocked. That's your White Sox moment right there. Mm-hmm. That's like when Giolito figured it out. Yeah, think about it. That's how important Mitch Keller's season is. It's not just can this mental case get his head out of his ass. It's can this be the point? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if not, really, what's your pitching? Well, you got to consider. What it is yeah, you got to consider too. <clears throat> you just got to get like somewhat over five hundred, and you're in. Yep. The if Reds. Goal, the Reds right? would have been in the la- like last year with eighty three wins. And the thing is, too, you don't do everything that they've done in this organization to get in. So you're gonna go for it, right? And there, there will be a go for it point. So, but get my in question is when get in, and you have just as much of a chance. I mean, we won 98 games one year, and we're one and done in the postseason. Yeah. So get in first and, and see where it goes. There is no more one game bullcrap, right. which I still am irked with the result of we get a six team in the postseason, I'm like, yeah, it's okay, but we get rid of the one game. And then I turn on the TV or or read articles and they're like, ah, oh, it's a bummer they got rid of that one game. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We all yeah. hated it when it was here and now you love it when it's gone. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's terrible. It, so. It's terrible. Yeah. I hated it almost as bad as I hated Ghost Runners. So <laughs> Yeah. Which are <laughs> maybe coming back. Oh, I heard they were keeping them out. And Did now there's that? now there is talk about possibly bringing them back even for this year. Supposedly Ugh. the players liked it. Like after the twelfth inning or something, or I don't know if there's like a an inning tied to it. Maybe there will be in the end. Like once yeah, it gets I thought so they were far, talking about the twelfth or thirteenth inning or something like yeah. that. Well, whatever. I I don't like it. I hope they don't. But so no. What? 
I'll and I've heard I've heard some say like, okay, I'll, well, let's do it, but let's put him on first, not on second. Let's make him actually move him in. I think I'd be a little okay with it then. I I'd just be don't more like okay it. Okay with that, but not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so be it. So be it. Well, I think. That's about it. We're a little over. I'm okay with that. We uh, we like to go over here. That's kind of our that's kind of our deal. One of these days, we're gonna go short just to throw everyone off. <laughs> then you'll have people tweeting at you why the show was so short. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> that was a short one. But uh, so, Gary, thanks for coming on. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no, it was a good time. I, I gave you a little uh, a plug at the beginning, but why don't you go ahead and say everywhere that you're available and all of that good stuff? Sure. Um, we just had our one year anniversary for the uh, Pirates Fan Forum today. That's on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. You can find that on YouTube or anywhere you find podcasts, such as this fine one that you're listening to right now. And. Uh, I write for Inside the Bucks Basement and something new just about every day on that site. So check it out. Absolutely. Jake, you have anything closing here? I mean, we've, we've talked about so much. I mean, the, the Pirates future is bright. Guys, just keep paying attention. If you haven't been paying attention, start. Jake can we smell got the good wings, things clearly. Yeah. What's that? Jake can smell the wings, clearly. He's ready to oh. go. He's like... Listen, I'm smell, excited, man. I smell the hot sauce in the background here. I just let's wrap you, it up. You, there's so many guys where I work that are just like, man, pirates suck. They're never gonna be good. They're the worst organization. All blah, blah. Just I just want to say, hey, how how the pirates doing right now? You know, when we're actually doing really well. And I think we're I think we're getting there. I think we're seeing signs of it. Yep. It's good. Pretty stuff. soon I'll be able to wear my pirate shirt over to the grocery store and not get dirty looks. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Not not have to have a discussion about it. That's mm-hmm. true. You know what I mean? What are we doing? This this is the same and you know, this is the same thing over and over. I'm not sitting here saying that that Ben Sherrington has all the answers and that we're a hundred percent convinced that this will work. There's a lot of signs saying that they're at least doing it right. Whether it works or mm-hmm. not is maybe somewhat up to the 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 man at the top if if it doesn't get fulfilled when all the pieces are there if there's a hole and it doesn't get plugged then we know why just like you said buy big in the off season i know that we like to say 40 million we we just crossed 40 million that's a lot of fun when they made their runs those 3 years in the postseason our payroll was over 100 million so technically he showed then that if it's there the money's available Hopefully that's the case again, but what excites me is that development is going to keep it coming if this continues, and that's the thing that I I said, Gary, when I was on your show, Cleveland pitches all the time, and when they get rid of those big-time pitchers, everybody complains, and then Shane Bieber shows up, and you're like, ah, okay, we're good, and then Savali shows up, and you say, all right, we're all right. You know, and the police sack or whoever, you know what I'm saying? Like they just keep, they just keep them coming, which is why I was excited when Tanaj Thomas came over and then, you know, maybe, maybe not, but. Well, we should have let him develop a little bit more first. Kept him there first (laughs) and then bring him over. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. But 
you know, it's just the thing. I mean, if they could get the outfielders right, that'd be better. But, um, but like Cleveland doesn't spend money either, and they're always in the mix. This year might be a little more difficult for him with what the Twins are doing, and and you know, obviously the White Sox are there, but, um, but still, Royals are no joke either this year. No, so I, it, you know, it's hard to tell, but it's the same sort of thing that they're still competitive year in and year out, and. You know, we'll see if I might have some knocks. We'll see if uh, if all of this continues deep down the road. Until then, hey guys, we're along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks!